the Press Play on Tape podcast, episode 17. So tonight, I'm your host, Aaron, flying, flying alongside my compadre, Mr. Alex Boz. How are you, Alex? I'm great, AC. Yourself, mate? I, I'm doing all right. Uh, how are you coping being back in the Melbourne cold after your, your couple of weeks up north? Absolute shamozzle, man. I'm so down and out. There's nothing worse than getting excited just before a holiday. Uh, you go and have the holiday, it's fantastic, um, meeting up with uh, great friends, and then, yeah, you come back to reality and yeah, just work and normal household chores, and you keep on reflecting to, oh, this time last week I was doing this, or this time last Sunday I was with Ann Stiller, and now I'm, you know, in Melbourne. <laughs> cold. Well, <laughs> cold, yeah, well... Been been a little bit more pleasant down here, but um, you know, it's, yeah, it's all right. We're nearly out of that time of year and back to the nice warm, so can't argue too much. Man, spring's only around the corner, so um, can't wait. Oh, this is it. This is it. So um, but it's interesting you mentioned Mister Mister Stiller because tonight we've for Commodore sixty four month we thought we'd have a, a bit of a roundtable chat, and yeah, we thought we'd invite a, a couple of our friends on to to have a chat. So do you want to introduce who our special guests are? Well, we might as well start with uh, Mr. Stiller. Welcome. Hey, hey everyone. How are you going? Excellent. Hey, good, mate. Yourself? I am fantastic. Thank you very much. That's great. And also on the line, we've got uh, Hellfire 64 man himself, Rob Caparetto. Rob, welcome. Uh, welcome, guys. Thanks for having me on. Awesome, mate. Oh, mate. Thanks for coming along. Absolutely. Uh, so, what's what's new, gents? It's been a, been a while since I've had a chat to, to either of you. I think Rob was PAX when I think I last caught up for a chat and Ant a few weeks ago. But, um, yeah, what's news? Do you want to start? I'll let you go. Yeah, you go oh, first, Ant. So polite. Everyone's so polite. Well, um, as, as you said, Aaron, um, I had the pleasure of catching up with yourself when you were up here in Brisbane. And I uh, also had the pleasure of catching up with... Um, uh, Alex and his lovely wife while they were up here in, in Brisbane as well. Also caught up with, uh, at the same time, uh, Mr. Gazunta, Cameron Davis, uh, and, and his partner as well. Um, so they were the highlights from, uh, <laughs> I, I think, over the last over the last three weeks or so, three or four, week, three or four weeks. Uh, aside from that, you, haven't you? Yeah, uh, aside from that, you know, work as always. But I have been, have been keeping up with... Uh, C64 month as as best I can as well. So I have been firing up the old machine. As we do. What about yourself, Rob? What have you, what have you been doing? Um, I mean, work as well. Um, I guess that thing where coming back from a convention showing for my uh, game project and coming right back into C64 month means you know, a lot of channel work for that and a bit of messing around with my uh, latest machine acquisition, but it's not Commodore, so it's not quite worth talking about here. I can see it. It does look quite pretty. <laughs> yeah, I'm. My first pass of doing the unboxing didn't quite go to plan, so I'm going to try and record that once we're done here tonight. Once we're done here. Fantastic. Yeah, no, it must be a good month for the pickups because I know I'm uh, still rather chuffed with my little uh, Amiga pickup over the weekend. But but again, wrong wrong month to talk about that. Oh, it's still still Commodore, mate. So yeah, you could you could slip it in. Slip it in. Yeah. Yeah, it's appropriate. That sounds dirty. Dirty. Everything sounds dirty. This is true. Um, yeah, no, my year, and I finally joined the the ranks of the CD32 owners, as some of you may have seen. So uh, very, very excited to finally have something that's 
while it's not quite an Amiga 1200, it's uh, definitely the next best thing. But um, very, very lucky pickup from one of our uh, local tip shops. So, yeah. Excellent. Oh, Damn. Yes, indeed. It's um, one of those rare, uh, those rare things where you find something and go, "What's this on the top shelf that you've got hiding?" And yeah, um, yeah. So, but um, Roger, as we as probably get on to it. So, as I said, being Commodore sixty four month, we thought rather than sort of go into you know the sixty four itself or you know talk about the history because I think it's been done over and over. What we thought we might actually have a bit to is sit down and have a bit of a roundtable chat and yeah. Go over about yeah you know, maybe some some things about what what you guys have been doing for for the month what what things you know I've kept you coming back to the sixty four and and stuff like that so yeah so to that we had you know, put together a few questions that we'd um, put to everybody to yeah have a bit of a think over and get into so might as well yeah kick it kick it off so I suppose first up for you guys is you know what what does the Commodore sixty four mean to you so like for me it's 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 really just I, I've always considered it as like the 8-bit era is special in general and the 64 just exemplifies what that is um, you know you've got just a combination of that particular pixel art style the chunky pixels the SID music you know what that means for things like tape loading the demo scene like and one of the things about the C64 is it's a universal machine right you, you go all over the world and the C64 had some penetration except for like but like general yeah, you, know, you look at other eight bits. Some are in Europe, some are in the States, some are in Japan. But for the most part, the sixty-four is kind of universal, kind of. So I, I think that that sort of means it's like a recognized kind of thing, and it's just it's just so many great games and demos and add-ons to it that just you know keep it so relevant now. It's just it's just a special machine. Um, you know, it's it's something for me. It's like, let's face it, the machine is basically as old as I am. And, you know, and it's been, like, my own machine has been part of my life for, you know, a very good chunk of that. So it's sort of something that's been with me along the side, which other platforms haven't. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I actually remember you said, Rob, that you, you have your 64, it's the same one that you had from day dot, isn't it? Basically. Oh, nice, nice. I wish we certainly wish I could say the same. Um, <laughs> but um, oh, cool, mate. Yeah, so, oh, I mean, the uh, and you're certainly not wrong about the the universal thing because I think apart from places like Japan and maybe Russia, the, yeah, yeah, there, there really weren't a lot of territories that um, it didn't it didn't see a release and pretty and pretty good success in. I think what you said, Rob, as well about you know it's still relevant and its relevance. I saw someone say something. Well, it might have been Kev actually, Mister Tilly. Our editor of, of Reset said something about uh, might be in our Slack group about how the how the Commodore just seems to be even more vibrant and alive than what it was back in the eighties. Yeah, it's, um, it's a slight exaggeration, but if you're um, in that in the uh, sort of area of uh, of the retro gaming community, it's just really become uh, over the last couple of years so so vibrant and and yeah, just incredible, really. Absolutely, except yeah. we're not um, swapping tapes or discs in the school ground. <laughs> well, some of us are oh, still. Oops, sorry. <laughs> Damn. I've, got a, kind of. I've got a temple of Apshire here for you, Rob, on, on tape. Uh, yes. Speaking of yeah. that very thing. <laughs> oh. Yeah, but, we're not, but those are those are second-hand copies. They're not, you know, bootlegs on, on, on C90s. With oh, I, can, I, can, I can give you a bootleg if you want, Rob. 
<laughs> yeah, let's yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll let's get some that outcome packs Let's keep it nostalgic, yeah. man. Go, go full ball, uh, TDKs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got a drawer of them here, actually. <laughs> you might as well use TDKs. them. Yes. Um, yeah. At the, the AUG meeting uh, on Sunday, um, someone auctioned, uh, auctioned off a bunch of like new cassettes, like like five or six of them. Wow. Um, so tapes are wow. still around, which is which is surprising, like being made. So that still surprises me. Actually, Rob. Yeah, well, um, well, how did uh, sorry sorry AC? How was um, yeah, bud. how was that auction on Sunday? I um, I couldn't yeah, make it. Was, yeah, um, I mean there was some good stuff in there. I mean I managed to get rid of a few duplicate games, um, a couple of my old upscaling units, and 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 I had one of my one of the Kickstarter sixty four cases, my white one, because there's no chance I'm getting a C sixty four reloaded, and that sparked a bit of a bidding frenzy. <laughs> wow, I, I've never been to one of those auctions. I'd absolutely love to. Oh, though it'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah just, you know, just pencil down a trip in in August, the third August and the third Sunday in August. Yep, yep. I mean, I'm surprised I don't do anything like that with the Brizzy night. Ah, uh, well, the, with the Brisbane night, it's only once a year, so it, it it's um, I think it's just a case of depends on who comes and and the crowd really fluctuates depending on weather and location etc and the last couple of years we have been a bit thin on numbers um but a few years before that uh, i know there was one or, or, or two guys that came and they brought tons of stuff but just for sale they didn't do an auction or anything i think an auction would be a fantastic idea i should probably float it i don't for the fear that i i i get volunteered to organize it <laughs> yes uh, i would love to come way, up for that one year <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's uh, it's actually really good. I, I really do enjoy it. Uh, it's a shame I only do it once a year, though. Having been to that to one of the ones in uh, in, in Melbourne, it was it was amazing, really. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just live in just live in jealousy of the fact that you guys actually have that. That there's, yeah, you know, Tassie doesn't really have a lot of a group like that down here. So probably a good excuse to start one. Yep. Yeah, is that just because no one's bothered to start it? Yeah, that's be- probably a big part of it, or they're just. Be- under, all underground, yeah, uh, true, true. Users, but yeah. Like, one of the things that I kind of wish, and if I knew what I was doing, I'd organise it would be to just have a general enthusiast. Because I look at the um, the one in Adelaide where they have a general uh, retro computing enthusiast group. And, you know, I'd love to see more stuff on, on, on other machines, but I think I'm a bit of an outlier like that. And I care about seeing, you know, more new horizons. Like, I want to mingle with Apple people and other people oh. that are out there. No way, Rob. I'm, I'm with you 100%, mate. The, uh, you know, I mean, I go and catch up with Tony Cruz quite a fair bit to, you know, looking at all the MSX machines and all the other stuff he's got there. And, you know, it's just a lack of time that, the, you know, don't get to sit there and actually play with more of them because they're, they're fascinating. Yeah. They are you know, very cool machines. And, you know, between those, the TRSs and stuff like that, it's uh, things I don't know about. And it's, it's often fun to, you know, get hands on. Pretty much. Huh. Mm. So, um, yeah, well, keep track. So, I suppose coming back, come back to yourself, Ant. Like, I suppose the same question. Like, what, what does the Commodore mean to you? Yeah, it's going to be hard to top Rob. That was uh, such a good, yeah. good, good description there. Now, for me, it's a, it's a real uh, personal journey. And, and uh, as as Rob and I said when we were flooding questions for this, I'm trying not to repeat myself from the last time I was a, I was a guest on this podcast. Um, unfortunately, I've got such a bad memory, I can't remember what I actually spoke about, and I never went back and actually listened. Um, <laughs> but for me, uh, the C64 means means a great deal because uh, because my dad 
bought it for me effectively and my dad was very much against computers uh, uh, particularly back in those days he thought they were a waste of time um, but I I didn't really beg for it but I did have a, have a lot of passion for it and I had friends that had a C64 and I just fell in love with the machine and, and I guess I did the right thing or, or dad was feeling particularly generous we didn't have a lot of money we were quite poor growing up um, but uh, I got a Commodore 64, and and it was so for that 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 that, that meant a, a, such a great deal to me coming from my father. And unfortunately, I don't have that one anymore. It, it long disappeared, but it, it always made it a, a very personal uh, experience for me. But aside from that, it was also growing up with those games and playing with friends. I still obviously I've just literally had a flashback to playing Yia Kung Fu with some mates. Uh, um, on, on their on their C64 and and just s- such uh, fun and what what great what a great time we had together, but going back to it now and realizing that the the games and the systems and and the and the celebrities, i.e. programmers and musicians etc. that were involved at the time, uh, really were it was that they were all it was all an, an amazing um, reality that actually did happen and is still amazing to this day. So. Uh, there's all these sort of touchstones that that, that that I think about with the C64, and they all—I guess it's all—it is all nostalgia. But I mean, mm. it's definitely not roast into glasses because I can take those glasses off and go, "Well, no, no, look, this is this is still a fantastic game. Like Wizball is still an amazingly designed game, and it's still beautiful, and the sound's still great, and and all these other games that I really liked back then. It wasn't just because I was a kid and knew nothing better. They actually were really, really great games, and that's reflected back on the system itself. was was a was a, a bit of a feat uh, in engineering uh, what they did to, to to put that together on a, on a tight budget. So yeah, all that sort of combined makes it it makes it a really special thing. And then the whole retro scene again, and the people I've met uh, recently, it, it's almost like a a flashback to to the time when I was growing up, just with a whole bunch of different people. Yeah, no, this is true. This is very, very true. Tom, what about yourself, Alex? You, oh, hard, what are your thoughts? Hard to top that, man. Um, but like Ant, um, yeah, family buying the Commodore 64 for me, which I still have till this day. And um, luckily, on that fateful day when I remember pulling out of the um, out of the shit, thinking, "Oh, I should actually sell this because I'm, I'm probably never going to play it again." Something inside, don't know what it was, basically said, "No, no, just." Just hold on to it, and thank God that I did, because if I did actually sell it, I would have regretted it till this day. But um, uh, now the Commodore 64 is uh, a special computer that um, has brought many, many um, times of joy as as a kid growing up, playing with friends and family, and um, you know having having a second player and next to you, so you can actually rib and you know joke around and play games either together or against each other. Um, and also starting my love for computing in general, really, um, and ending up uh, working in the computer industry, um, not as a programmer. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't good at that. Um, uh, yeah, so... But, yeah, every anytime I see the Commodore 64, um, the logo, the Commodore logo, uh, I, and that special plastic smell, the burning smell from the PSU... It might. It, 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 look, it may be carcinogenic, right? But um, I don't care. It just just transports me back to a um, to a simpler time, a time where you know didn't have to worry about 
you know, work or uh, chores or, um, you know, paying bills or it was just fun. It, it just, the Commodore 64 was fun and love. Um, love of just having a good time. Um, it's probably as, the simplest I can actually um, put it into words, I think, but yeah. Wow. Oh. That was beautiful, man. <laughs> Very beautiful <laughs> indeed. Yeah, so. Yeah. I think just talking about the smell, that's so important. You know, olfactory senses, you know, are tied to memories, etc. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yes. and I hadn't even really thought about that, but you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's just got the odor of smell, yeah, which I've, I think yeah. they should bottle and sell. <laughs> it does, it does. And, it, and it's also that, that minor hint of panic when you're thinking that your PSU is actually melting down. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rem- yeah. In my case, is the, I've just gotten something home from the tip shop and I've powdered on for the first time. There's about you know seven or eight years worth of dust that's just suddenly Ooh. burning off. That's oh. just. <laughs> but also, when you turn on the C64, there's always that slight pause before it comes to before the screen comes to life and there's always this moment of, of anxious tension for me because obviously back back when i was a kid we only we had a c64 and it was actually faulty i think i said that in the last podcast it was a faulty c64 in fact everything we got was faulty and we had to take it all back and get it all <laughs> replaced That's but from right. that point that point on i was always always had this moment of of of, of trepidation when you turned it on and that pause in between while the screen was still black before the screen fired up, you're going, is it going to start? Is it going to start? And sometimes I still get that when it turns on. It's, a, it's, yeah. a, it's actually a good feeling now. And you know what? It's the best blue screen ever. It like, is. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I, know, I know when people see a blue screen of death, they panic, but when I see the blue screen of the Commodore, it's just welcome home. It's um, it's just beautiful. It's Simple. Of life. Yeah, absolutely. It really is. It's it, it, it still says it's still my favorite like startup message. I look at all the all the machines I've got, and none of them just are as succinct and as just beautifully just being precise about the status. Yeah, right. Absolutely. You know, yeah. um, yeah, yeah, yep. Like the BBCs are very terse with what they with what it says on startup. You know, the Apples try to boot. Not that I have one. Um, the Ataris, you just get ready. You don't even get a, a, a nice startup message. Just ready. Um, the Spectrums just have the copyright or, or the boot menu because 48, mm. 128. Mm. I mean, I, I guess the Amiga, the Amiga floppy disk prop is probably my second. You know, the old line drawing disk in Kickstart Amiga OS 1 on the yep. white screen, that's probably number two, but the C64's boot is just, just that beautiful message. Yeah, it's true. It's almost like it, it's the business business machine part of CBM. Yeah. It's almost, almost professional. <laughs> professionally yeah, in inverted commas yeah <laughs> but it's it's iconic because it ever i think every time it turns up in something that you know even if the wording isn't quite the same you know that the, the that color blue with that color out background uh, border is just unmistakably 64 uh, yep. actually i yep. found an old screenshot from saints row 4 the other day when i was after i was just cleaning up my hard drive and it was a shot I took, like not long into the game, where you come across a bunker, and there it is. That's that's the the loading screen that's powering this missile you're trying to stop. So oh, that's yeah. fantastic. I mean, I, I always loved when um, Grand Theft Auto Vice City started up, and it pretended to be a 64 loading a tape game, with like a little, yeah, little exactly, like, fake Sid right. Sid version of like their their jingle or something. Yep, yep. I think that was that one of those moments. I had just those warm fuzzies. I think. Uh, it is fantastic. How about you, um, AC? 
What does it mean for you? Mate, for me, it's, well, it's my first computer. I think like all you guys, it's it's much the same. You know, we, I got one when we were young. I mean, the VIC-20 we got initially doesn't count because it got taken back the next day. But, um, yeah, no, the 64 was what I what I learned computing on and it was, you know, what for me was my early part of my career. So, you know, getting the hands on there was what started me getting an interest in computers, I think like most of you. So, you know, growing up being the, the one that knows how to fix people's stuff and getting into computing and stuff like that from there. So, but it was, yeah, the, the gaming, the playing with friends and just all the stuff like that that... It hasn't gone away, which is I am, I am thankful for, and more importantly, you know, it's got me here, you know, meeting guys like yourselves and getting to do this. So yeah, it's it is is Trey's cool. That's definitely one of the um, best bits, I think, uh, meeting awesome people that um, you can actually call your friends now. So yeah. this is it. That's very so, absolutely. Mm. So I suppose on the on the topic of. Commodore 64 month being that, you know, it was in August, oh geez, 1983 that our beloved machine hit the market. Like, what, what have you guys actually been doing to, to mark the month? Ant? Uh, I started doing a C64 month uh, daily tweet on, on Twitter, where I tend to frequent, where I was just playing games on the real machine and I'd then take a screenshot and vice of that and I'd just put it up with a little bit of a blurb about why that game was special to me or, or why it was cool and I tried to do this I've tried every year and I normally get to like day two and then I have to stop for some reason I think I got to day eight this time um, and unfortunately I got um, swamped with a whole bunch of other less exciting stuff um so i kind of put it aside but it was awesome because both uh, cameron davis and rob were, were carrying the flag like just amazingly and that's a good segue to rob ah uh, it is see like yourself i tried to do something i only got two weeks in um i basically went through my archive of episodes so having done 180 or so at the moment over close to three years um I just went through and picked episodes for games that weren't massively popular and, and, and relinked them. Because um, one of the things that's really important to me is just talking about less popular games. Um, I It's a rant for another time, but it's kind of what I feel about what I want to do with my channel a lot, is talk about less popular stuff and get more people playing them. So I picked a lot of games that aren't massively in the popular zeitgeist that I'd covered and hoped people would be reminded, but sort of diminishing returns after a while so i sort of petered out and just got dis- got distracted and forgot about it and producing episodes like for this month i've been the episodes i've been producing have been sort of big lookbacks um i mean i did a couple of new games in barsley badger and maze of the mummy and then um i did a look back at turbo outrun which is which has a fair of nostalgia for me um a nice nice scripted review of that and well, it's not much of a spoiler, but um, I've got one upcoming for the homebrew adaptation of Prince of Persia, because that's yes. one of those. Oh yeah, that's um, one of those ones that's just really special because I hadn't been following the scene much when that came out, and I just remember seeing that and like they got Prince of Persia running on the sixty-four, and then of course that led me to find out that Prince of Persia is an eight-bit game, and I always thought it was a you know sixteen-bitter. It's like. No, it's an 8-bit game. And they got it running on the 64. It was kind of like, my jaws just just dropped. So 
celebrating that, even if I'm horrendously yeah. frustrated with it. It as means a, as... the uh, Amstrad CPC owners can't lord that one over us anymore. Yeah, but they, they need to have one victory or two. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll never stop lording Chase Edge Q or Wick Le Mans. Oh, they, they can have them. <laughs> yeah. You'll have, have the 27,000 yeah. other games. Yeah. They don't have Andy Braybrook or, or Jeff Minter, so... Yeah. <laughs> I, I love I love my I love my CPC friends. They're they're all cool, but you're you're absolutely right, Rod. Robert, I was very excited to to see that you were going to do Prince of Persia. And Prince of Persia, when when I saw it was on on the C sixty four, that they managed to to squeeze into that, I, I was gobsmacked. It was incredible, and playing it, it was just amazing. I I'm still kind of stunned that they that they managed to do it. Just such a feat. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I. I, I'm glad to do it. The episode didn't quite turn out how I want, but I'm still proud of it. It's still... I think it needs to be celebrated. Absolutely. So. Oh, definitely. And anyone listening, please tune into Rob's YouTube channels. They're awesome. I wish I had channels. <laughs> there's a there's a big body of work there, so there's something for everyone, I reckon. Definitely. Yeah, I'll make sure there's a link, there'll be a link in, the show, in the show notes, but it's uh, Hellfire64 on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken, Rob. Yep. Yeah, just youtube.com slash hellfire64. Um, Beautiful. Once you get enough subs, you can have a custom URL. Oh, that's just Thanks. an early plug for you there, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> Got to man. Share Got the on. love. Absolutely. It'll be yourself, Alex. I know you, you've been obviously on holidays for a part yeah. of the month or the start of the month, but yeah. what have you been doing with yourself? I looked, um, one of the first things I did was um, I, I did a story, just a short one, on the... Um, on the Commodore store in Belmont that Rob Caparetto shared um, earlier in the month. Well, I think it was. It might have been just before August. And uh, funnily enough, Mark Bell, uh, Mark's tweets, he actually sent me a receipt from that store that he bought his um, his actual software from, and that just blew my mind. And I thought, well, <laughs> yeah, wow. yeah. So, so the fact that, um, yeah, I mean, I know there was um, on the Lemon sixty four forum there was a few photos of the store, but um, yeah, the fact that uh, yeah, Mark actually pulled out a receipt, and um, I thought that was just mind blowing. And I thought, what's going to top this uh, for for the month? But um, I've been actually hitting um, the old magazines. Uh, yeah, I. I the struggle that I've got with the Commodore 64 is I, I have about 150 games coming to my head and I want to play them all, but obviously you can't play them all at once. And then because I can't make a call which one I want to I want to play, I get um, sidetracked and then I think, oh, well, I'll just uh, go back to reading magazines because, um, you know, they either made me laugh or uh, they inform me. And I, I never get sick of rereading, uh, you know, old Zap issues or... CMVG or uh, your Commodore, it's just, um, it's, uh, it's just, yeah, it just, it, just like the computer, it takes me back, it takes me back to when yep. I was a kid. So, um, but I have been cheating, I have been regurgitating some old stuff that I've done in previous Augusts of previous years, so, um, yeah. That's fine. That's just, <laughs> I, I see no problem with that. that. That's just being I mean, efficient. I'm, <laughs> I'm doing the same thing, so I'm not gonna, not gonna call you out on that. Woohoo! <laughs> no, it's <laughs> good. Hey, so, hey, it's the, you're right, eh? Go. I was going to say, Alex, are these actual physical mags? Yeah, yeah, physical mags. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I love you, man. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I, um, I mean, obviously got the uh, digital format, but uh, it, yeah, there's nothing like holding um, the mag. Yeah, I mean, we can talk about it till the cows come home, but um, yeah, 
uh, I just love flicking through the pages and, um, and and seeing everything at once, whereas you don't get that um, on a PDF or whatever. I mean, you do, but you, I don't know. It's My eyes can see everything when I open a, a two-page spread, whereas on a computer, I just don't get that visual um, impact. Uh, it's, yep. I don't know if I'm describing it. Um, well, uh, I 100% understand. <laughs> it saying. makes it makes sense to me, but um, yeah. So yeah, especially um, looks Zap and um, CMVG, and obviously anything that Julian was in. Um, yeah, I just uh, I just devour those magazines. So oh, that's awesome. I've actually been um, trying to collect uh, as many issues of Big K as I as, as I could. Oh wow! Um, so there's not many I... issues of, of Big K. Sorry, Aaron. Oh, so I don't think I know that one. Uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a another English mag, a little bit like Zap. I can't remember. I think I think some Zap people were on Big K and they moved moved, moved into Zap, uh, and they, it didn't have a long run, but uh, they had some awesome uh, Minter uh, articles. And there was a, I think there was even a contribution by by Minter. I can't quite remember, um, but yeah, it was a really cool mag. And also uh, PC Games, which was a multi format mag. And uh, I've been trying to collect that one as well, physical copies of that one, because there was uh, uh, an English version and an Australian version of, of PC games, and it didn't have a long run either. But it had it had typings, and it had some cool articles. And the Australian one had some different articles to the English one, and it, it also had a, a really great um, article by by, by um, Yak himself, which was I still think of to this day. It's really inspirational if you're a game dev. Uh, it was it was really a really cool article about coming up with ideas for games. Uh, are there scans of that online? Because I've never heard of either of those. I'd love to check them out. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll, I, I did a lot of hunting to try and find scan versions, and I think I've, I've, I've got some hybrid way somewhere. I'll, I'll try and find them for you. That'd be really appreciated. They're, they're hard to find. Australian ones are almost impossible to, to track down. Mm. Yeah, I, need, anyway, I think slight, I... Slight sidetrack there. Yeah, I think I only found oh, a few issues oh. um, online. So, um, yeah, they, they, they do flat around, but good good mag. Indeed. So, oh, so I suppose, look, the, the mention, of, mention of Prince of Persia and stuff like that is probably a good uh, segue into the next conversation, which was a question which was around, you know, for you guys, is what, what's what's actually your favourite new release on the Commodore 64? Or, you know, is there anything coming up that you're, you're really excited for? Um, I mean, I'm I'm going to hijack this straight up to say, you know, for me, it's Bansley Badger is probably my single favourite Commodore 64 game I've played in a very long time. It's so uh, good. I yeah, look, it's one of those things where, as you said, you're sort of looking, going, I'm actually playing this on a 64. Like, yeah, there's while it may not be, you know, super colourful or you know that sort of stuff, but there's just something about how it just looks really clean and it's, it is so much fun. But um, it is. Mm, the guys have done an exceptional job in getting that running, so I was very, very happy to uh, drop drop my money on uh, getting a physical copy of that, and I'm very excited to, to have one when that eventually rocks up. But um, yeah, I. Yeah, but, you're right. No, no, go ahead, go finish. Oh no, no, no! I was just going to say because outside of that, it was also um, very, very keen to for when the. Um, the guys behind um, Jam It with the, the motorbike game, which escapes my mind at the moment. Uh, Motorman is the Motorman. current working name. Yep, yeah, which looks like it's going to be a heck of a lot of fun as well. And it's sort of split screen, two player racing type stuff, so yeah. 
which are two two titles I'm very very uh, eager on. That's one that's like Exciter Bike, yeah. Is that? Yeah, that's very the one. much. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Sent me an early build quite a while ago, earlier in the year, and it's oh, had wow. good, really, really good fun. I'm looking forward to it. It's, I mean, I don't know. I he was when I was at um AVCon last month. Uh, Lee was there, and I. I was just too busy. I didn't get a chance to stop by the booth. We had a quick chat, but unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to see what the new version looked like, which is a bit ah, of a bummer. Yeah, no, mm. But um, I suppose on that top, Rob, like, what what is what is something new that you're coming up like that's coming out or that you've that's just come out that you're keen on? Um, so I I, I thought this was hard for me because having reviewed so many new games, um, there's just so many that like Ooh, this or this or this, um. But the one that always sticks in my head is Rocket Smash EX, um, which um, which came out, started last year, and was originally a RGCD 2013 contest entry. And it's it's Jetpack. We never really got a good version of that on the 64. It's the kind of game that the 64 should nail easily. And yeah, um, it's such a beautiful conversion. It looks great, plays well, some good tunes and presentations, just really tightly put together. It's, you know, I love a blaster that I can just pick up and play mindlessly for a bit, and it just nailed it on so many levels. Um, big one I'm looking forward to, I think, is Hyperion, which um, I don't know if any of you have been following that. No, I can't but, say I have. Um, I have. It's bas- yeah, it's basically Metroid. It's a me- very, like, very stylized and inspired by Metroid, um, which, you know, we've had games like the Sacred Armor of Antiriad, sort of have a similar formula but nothing's really done it on the scope that metroid did and so this has just got me excited for that i'm really looking forward to that um sam's journey of course is mind-blowing for what they're doing Mm. with that and kind of envious from everyone who got to play it at gamescom just seeing the photos from their twitter feed and their facebook page is just like i wish i was there to play it and (laughs) um the same goes for for paul kohler's uh luft rouses his take on flame um uh, shooter like that's just like I don't know how he's done it because it's as frantic on the 64 as it is on the you know on the PC um, he's, he's he's an evil he's a black wizard or something I don't know <laughs> <laughs> look it's yeah as I say for a, that that, that um, Luftwaffe's is one of those games where it looks deceptively simple from script screenshots but it's when you actually see it in action and just everything going on that to cram that across into the 64 is definitely some sort of wizardry um, yeah so well thanks Rob what about, Ant, what about yourself well R- Rob covered every new game coming out uh, my, my, my one <laughs> my one was, was going to be uh, Luftrousers if I had to pick one because I only found out about that recently uh, on, on Twitter and oh, that was on our Slack group, I think. Yeah, that's right. And I, I couldn't believe it. Well, I, my mind literally blew out of my head. Like I had to clean up the mess. It was it was <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I, I can't believe it because I, I really liked the game uh, Luftrousers on on the PC, and and it makes perfect sense that it would be a C sixty four game. And you're absolutely absolutely right, Rob. Uh, that man is a genius uh i think i've said this before but super Breadbox is a is a regular at the brisbane c64 night uh it's, wow. it's our like um high school comp game that we that we play and it's 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 a bit of a favorite i i i take uh sometimes i take a couple of c64s and have have them both plugged in and and uh and have that going on one of them at least because it's everyone loves everyone loves playing it 
such such a good game and just thinking that they're going to have that same wizardry with 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 Luftrausers, I'm very very much looking forward to that. If I could pick another one as well, it's the much anticipated been in development hell for a bazillion years uh, adventure game newcomer. Ah yes. Yes, yes. So uh, apparently the the super mega version, I can't remember what they've called it now. Um, Extended? uh, I can't remember. It might be extended because they had an enhanced version, but that's actually not the final version. It's got bugs in it, and oh gosh, maybe it's extended. Yeah, so it's it's like the the next the next release of it, basically. And I've been actually looking forward to that one for what feels like a millennia. but yeah, yes. I, I still I still have my hopes up that eventually I'll be able because I've held off buying any any version of it because I, I really would like to to get the final version of that because the hype's just been building up for, for so long and I'm still keen I'm am still I'm still keen for it because I love adventure games. But yeah, they're they're, they're kind of the, the two that um, I was going to mention in particular. Sam's Journey as well, of course, is because that's just phenomenal. But I've never been much of a platform game person. What? Yeah. What? what? Oh, I know. Oh, I know. Knife through that. through my eight-bit heart. Oh, well, this is why I was. I'm not a fan of Mario. I've never been a Mario fan. Mister Stiller, uh, if I didn't love you so much, I would have just <laughs> hung up right there. I know. I know. <laughs> it, it does. It does strain. It does strain friendships. Oh. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. So it, it's. But I think um, for me, like uh, Mission Impossible. Mission Possible? Impossible Mission Possible. Mission. Yeah. I always get those two Mission Possible is the text adventure. <laughs> yes, or the TV show. Um, yes. Yeah, so that, that's kind of like the platform game that I tend to play uh, only. Respect. No, Impossible Mission is a yep. great game. So. And Blagger. Blagger. An oldie. I, lo- I love I Blagger. Don't, I, don't get that, I don't get that game at all. <laughs> it, it drives me nuts like Manic Miner drives me nuts and... Sorry, I'm just having nervous twitches. Um, <laughs> oh, you'll have to you'll have to read my little bit in the next issue of Reset. <laughs> oh, ants, spoilers! Ants, ants just spoilers. Um, ants just the I, will, <laughs> I will say one thing with uh, with browsers. Um, we actually ran it. He so I forgot when it was, but Paul submitted a picture, which is like one of the posters, um, to a demo contest, as just like that was his entry, and it's just like. Because I saw that, I think we printed it in an issue of Reset, and I've just gone, and my jaws dropped in anticipation for like at least two years until he finally <laughs> was like, "Here it is," and it's just like he's actually done it. So he's yeah, he's an, amazing. He, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm still recovering from all that as well. <laughs> <laughs> but that that kind of ties really nicely. Sorry to steal control uh it, it it does tie so nicely back into why i i still love the commodore 64 is that people are doing stuff like that that's just it's just incredible that people are there's a guy hacking away writing code to make an amazing game based on a game that's been released on the pc uh, yeah it's just it's just just phenomenal yeah. uh, i love it Absolutely. But, and look, it might be a bit of confirmation bias, but it, you know, it does feel like that there is just a lot of C64 stuff coming out, and it's just really, really high quality titles that people are putting a lot of effort into. So it's a, uh, yeah, uh, love it. So, Alex, doing anything you've uh, you've been, you've got your eye on, or you've been enjoying? Oh, look, I I must admit, I um I actually wait to see what 
what Rob plays or what he comes up with um, because I know um, he scrutinises things to the nth degree and um, if something if Rob's excited about something then I know that I'll be too so um, I do cheat and I do actually keep a watch what Rob writes tweets and uh, I think oh yeah so um, Luftrousers I saw it he said that it was on the Vita and I thought bloody hell I've got to get this now and uh, blew my mind as well so Rob mate uh, yeah just uh, keep doing what you're doing mate and uh, reset stuff uh, whatever he writes just like in Zap you know if someone some game got you know a good uh, rating then I was onto it and um, and same thing here so um, but look uh, out of the new games in the last few years that have come out apart from Ant Steeler stuff on the 64 um, huh. <laughs> uh, Lee White's Jam It um, that just I remember playing it at the Commodore um, Club Night when was it a year ago or maybe it was longer than yeah, that yeah about a year ago yeah it, it just it just blew my mind it was just like phenomenal that this it, just like everything else that's been done it just I mean this is on a Commodore 64 imagine if you'd played that back in I don't know 86, 87 you would have gone nuts it's impossible um, you know with the with the rewind and um, I know they had that on the micro soccer as well but uh, just uh, yeah the best um, uh, four player action on the Commodore 64 by far for me anyway but um, yeah man I'm mm. I'm excited about anything that comes out anything on the Commodore 64 um, yeah I just uh, as I said I, um, I tend to wait to see what Rob says first <laughs> yeah look, I have to totally agree with that I'm, like a, I guess I'm cheating too because I rely on Rob a lot to, to see what's 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 up and coming, and and as you say, Rob gives such a good breakdown of 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 the games. I can really tell in an instant if I'm going to like it or not. Pretty much, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so so that's that's absolutely true. And and just with about Jamit too, that is absolutely right. Jamit is such a polished game, uh, and I don't really like sports games, but it's such a fun, uh, enjoyable game. It's just beautiful. Good it stuff. Is. And Lee and Lee's a top bloke, so um, he is a lovely guy. Yeah, he's awesome. The game's awesome. I mean, like Ant, most sports games don't really do it for me, but Jamet is just solid. Um, he just put something so beautiful together. That's a that's a, a great choice there. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Yeah. How about so you? I'm... How about you, Ez? I've already I already hijacked. So you know the. Oh uh, yeah, you went first, didn't you? Fancy, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, oh, jeez, sorry, man. Sneak, sneak, sneak. Don't get to, don't get another go. <laughs> Stop. No, no, no do-overs. <laughs> no, no do-overs, and yeah, no, no do-overs. Look, <laughs> uh, I suppose, guys. Look, I mean, the mentioning like you know, all the new things coming out. I mean, I know. I mean, Ant, Rob, yourselves. Like, have you guys ever gone down the coding path that much? Like, what have you got? What was the first thing you guys ever actually dived in and tried, or did you try to write yourself? Oh. <laughs> So I, I'm sure I mentioned the story in part um, in my last appearance. So to keep it brief, um, I had the 64 for a few months and was playing Commando. And you know how Commando's uh, sprite multiplexer happens and glitches out. Um, I thought I could try and do better in basic. It didn't go far. Um, the first real oh. things I put out um, <laughs> were a couple of games. So there was a thing called the Crap Games Compo, which was 1999. And, um, you know, you basically wrote a game, tried to make it deliberately jank as possible. And I wrote um, a game called Blast That Plane, which is kind of oddly inspired by combat, but just really simple. It's just like two planes. I I use the term loosely. Um, (laughs) I use the term loosely 
and you basically just move side to side and shoot each other um which is like first real getting my feet wet in a, in 6502 and then the other one was like a compiled basic lottery drawing simulator that was the pretty pants um so i mean those it, it's funny that i can go to um game base 64 and actually find myself there um my That's productions so there like they're terrible uh-huh. terrible projects but they were designed to be and it's i wish i still had the source i don't have the source for them anymore uh, it's a shame um i was cross developing on on the pc at the time um so i was actually doing all this stuff developing on the pc running it through an emulator and all of that so i wasn't doing it old school probably a trader for doing that um i've been meaning to get back my feet wet again more recently it's just there's just other things I need to finish first before I can seriously try it. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, back backfire is definitely still uh, a little bit ways off, isn't it? Yeah. Um, con feedback bit, I got a lot more uh, direction changes than I was hoping, so trying to just fit those in around the um, around the around videos and work and the day job. So. Manage that scope creep, Rob. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm trying to just get this one, get this one thing so I can start doing content. Cool. Um, once you get content in, then it should be should be a breeze. You need some more backdrops drawn, I think. Yes, 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 I do. Yep. I need to talk to the right <laughs> person about that. <laughs> Only I knew someone. So, yeah, who who would who would that be? I don't know. I don't know. Someone who wrote an uh, an award winning um, shoot 'em up construction kit game. Oh, Segway! Segway! <laughs> That's oh. masterful, Rob. Masterful. <laughs> Beautiful work. Uh, yes, I guess that's over to me. Uh, I am also being very careful not to talk about too much about from the last uh, time I was on here. So type-ins was really how I got into uh, coding. Uh, like everyone, I convinced Dad to to buy the C64 for homework, and I didn't do an ounce of homework on it. But <laughs> uh, aside from games, obviously, I absolutely adored um, type-ins. I just fell in love with them. I thought they were... I thought they were just the the best thing, because I loved pulling them apart and trying to work out how they how they worked. And uh, I guess I had a lot of patience back then. Um, so so for me, yes, I, I there were a couple of type ins that from the old compute mags and compute gazette that um, that that I put in, and and incredibly they worked. Uh, and if they didn't work, I managed to to debug them enough to get them going. And then I mean, then I started making just small enhancements. Obviously, the, these were games written in BASIC. I uh, mm-hmm. didn't have a didn't have a, an, an assembler, unfortunately, until much, 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 much later. But uh, so this is all, all, all basic coding. So that kind of really got me into when I when I realised that I could make changes. And they actually made the made some of the games better in some ways. It was magical. It, it's it's that magic thing about being uh, a, a, a game dev, I guess, where you go, I can create something, and it's and it's sort of sort of magical after a lot of swearing and and, and hard work. <laughs> um, I know that I know uh, that pain all too well. Um, yes, I definitely had a bit of a similar route with things like that. Probably not as much as you did, but I definitely remember toying around with books. Um, uh, Osborne's Computer Battle Games was one where I did a tweaked version of one of the games there. Um, I think I recovered that off my work disc. Um, okay. Long ago. I'll wow. have to post that. Um, I'll have to dig that up. Nice, nice. Yeah, well, just yeah like the, the, as, as a I, think the, I think the Osborne books were actually my, my entry into that because our, our school library, library had them. Uh, t- I think it was the Space Games one too that uh, I think I think it was called might have been called Bug Blaster or something I can't quite remember. Yeah, uh, I think that's, 
one of them. Yeah. Yeah, so that started it. But we then compute the compute mags. They had really long listings and, and, and our family used to sit down together and we'd all type them in together and do shifts. And then I'd get to debug it after it was done. So, <laughs> so it was a bit of a family thing too, which was which is kind of cool uh, looking back. Uh, so that you're, so, uh, you're right, buddy. Uh, so uh, anyway, I was going to say, so that's really how all that be- began just with, with those type-ins. And I did have a, uh, a very uh, early and failed attempt at uh, shoot 'em up construction kit. When it first came out, I bought it, thought it was going to be the best thing ever, and I really struggled to get anything good, and I effectively rage quit from it. And I went went back to type-ins again and just started you know, sort of pulling them apart again from then. And I didn't touch any Commodore coding at all for a long, long, long time until I got back into it, um, I don't know. I guess ten years ago now. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then I guess yeah, and then really, and then it was just dabbling, and then I had enough money that it, you know, obviously, and I could buy uh, an, an assembler, and I could start playing with assembly code because I always wanted to d- dive into assembly code. I'd done some of it at at at, uh, at uni, just on on the PC, and I thought it was awesome. I loved it. It's my favorite language, and. And and then when I finally could do it on the C sixty four on a real sixty four, it was like a it was just like a dream come true. I was so excited, like a kid in a candy store. And <laughs> oh, yeah, geez. yeah. So and and then I've I've been dabbling with it ever since. I haven't done anything proper in a, in, a sem, in, a, in assembly code yet. I my goal was this year to get something finished finished in assembly code. It it may not happen this year, but I I am certainly uh, dipping my toe in a lot more. Um, which which is great, making time for it, and of course um, there was the shoot 'em up construction kit comp that I because I I wanted to do it. I always felt bad that I never actually did anything with um, Siak, so um, it kind of lingered with me all those years. And when that comp came out a, few, uh, a year ago, it was last year I think, and um, I went, I'm going to do it. I've, I've never actually done one properly, and I'm gonna make one. Oh, I, I did stop with stop with some uh, pterodons first. That's right. That was just a, that was just my trial run, um, which was kind of cool. But then I did a bisonaut uh, for the comp entry, and and it worked out well. Yes, I, I I won that. I won that particular competition out of a. I think there were twelve entries or fourteen entries or something like that. And it's a uh, exceptionally fun little game to boot. So, um, oh, thank you. Cool. Yeah. Well, you've, uh, you boys have both got, uh, say, a lot, a lot more uh, patience than I ever did because I think most of the times I just like looking at the pictures, tried a few, and then just sort of threw my hands up when it didn't work and went back to playing stuff. So um, Yeah, yeah. That sounds like Alex. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's, to- he's, to- he's told me the story a couple of times. Sorry, I see. I was just going to say um, I... I actually liked hacking um, crack trows, um, yeah, and that's as far as I got. But um, yeah, no, it, Robin and um, Ant are on another level. So, and I'm super, super jealous that you know Assembly, and um, I would love to know Assembly, even Machine. But no, nah, I've I've even I've even bought the Osborne book, um, and I'm actually going to start reading it and see if I can start. Oh, from awesome! Start I think scratch, I think you'd yeah. be really good at it, man. I think if you if you can sit down and got the patience for it, I think you'd you'd be fantastic because yeah. you've got that really sharp analytical mind, and you also have that oh, artistic flair. It's been it's been dulled over the years. Ah <laughs> uh, yeah. no. <laughs> 
and I'll be happy to sit here and write about it because <laughs> that, that, that's 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 easy. <laughs> nah, it's I, I miss it as an exercise. Like I, I haven't really dabbled in assembly since uni. Um, I just been too too distracted by modern by modern things and cursing. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just again. So throwing it back to the community, like um, when I sort of put the word out that I wanted to, you know, dive into um, six five zero two assembly, six five ten assembly. Um, like there's some some of the guys on Twitter just went, "Hey, if you want a hand, let me know." And and Roy Roy Storini, uh, and he he's been amazing. He's given me a few tips and um, you know, just been so so kind and and open with regards to going down that path and giving me code samples etc um and there's just a great community out the community out there and there is just such a wealth of knowledge now of course with the internet but i also collect uh programming books c64 programming <laughs> books uh it's just a, that's just another side hobby and uh particularly assembly ones so <laughs> I, I have dived into some of them as well jim jim butterfield's <laughs> uh book is is top notch well, uh, and I, I, I might I might have a few here that uh, I might have to dig through when I get to it all and uh, see what I can send up your way because they're probably going to do a lot better in your possession than they will mine. <laughs> I just uh, need to finish something. I, I, I dabble too yeah. much. I need, need to sit down and, and actually uh, finish something in, in assembly code. So, you know, uh, speaking of Jim Butterfield, have, have any of you guys ever seen that video that's like the this sort of introduction to the 64 video and it's just him for an hour just yes, going through I have setting seen. it up? It's a thing of beauty. It's it is. It's it is actually really good. I even I even learned something. I was watching it, going, "Oh, I've learned something new." I, it was a really simple thing. I can't even remember what it was, but it was a really basic thing that I, I never realised. Oh, new, I, I learned something. Yeah, I might have to. I might have to throw. We'll have to throw it in the show notes for, for everyone. Yeah, to go it's and have on a look YouTube. At, it's so. easy enough to find. Um, oh, nice. So I suppose on the hardware, like one one last question before we we get across to our uh, the listener question. If, if for you guys, like. If there was one thing you could change about the Commodore 64, what would it be? Rob? Oh, all right. I'll, um, it's got to be the processor speed. Like, the thing I, I, I always think about, like, just seeing where games fall apart and, and have problems is the 6510 is efficient. Like, the 6502 arc is more efficient than the Z80. But the C64, 6502, is just a, it's just a little too slow. I wish it and the support chips could run at 2 megahertz. Um, because when you see something like Elite running on a BBC Micro, um, that's just a thing of beauty at how smooth it is. And I just wish the 64 were a bit faster. Because even if, like... Because with the process speed, you could multiplex more sprites, you could probably do better digital sound on the SID, but just that extra grunt to, make, to give the hardware more opportunity to do even more amazing things. Nice. What about yourself, Ant? Yep, uh, Rob stole mine again. Uh, <laughs> I, I had two things. I had uh, if it could if it could hit two megahertz uh, CPU, that would have been fantastic. Particularly like uh, playing um, uh, the the latest uh, version uh, version that's come out of uh, is it called Pentagram? Is that the yes. uh, isometric game? Yep. In- that, that's that's been converted uh like the slowdown there and any isometric game really on the c64 um i, I actually don't mind the slowdown I, I'm, I'm i guess i'm just a chilled out guy i, I quite I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that but yeah when you see it running another on other machines how they handle isometric graphics better you do sort of go oh, yeah okay they, they got us there yep 
yep that's fair um but so that was my my main one but the other one was i i i not that i'm a sound guy but if they had had have managed to do four voices on the old sid chip that would have been very very cool because they were trying to do it but they to cut costs they dropped it down to three and uh i i, I sometimes I sometimes read you know things from c64 musicians where they where they lament it's just a shame we didn't have that didn't, didn't have that fourth voice to to do things with and i just imagine what what could have been done with that yeah that would have been that would have been a nice thing hmm. oh yourself alex anything that you you change um, no, I mean, I'll, I'll just leave it uh, the way it is, warts and all, if there are any warts in it, but um, no, no, I, yeah, uh, no, no, I'm actually struggling to think of anything. Um, uh, I, think I respect that, Alex. I absolutely I love that. it, yeah, absolutely. The way the way it is, I just love it. Um, yeah, warts and all, it's a Commodore 64. It's, no, well said, well said. Maybe some more joystick ports built into the side, but I'm, um, you know, nitpicking there. But uh, although there is a uh, accessory for that, so um, excellent. Well, look, thanks, guys. So what we might do is jump across to the social media question then. So this for this episode, we actually asked our community is what game defined the Commodore sixty four for you, which is probably a really really tough question given that the the wealth of titles out there. So quick quick throw rounds like yourselves, like before we get into them, Alex, did you uh, have a I look. I, I I had three, and this was actually pretty pretty bloody hard. Impossible Missions, Star Car Racer, and the Great Giano Sisters. Um, but if I had to pick one, it, it's probably um, Emily Hughes International Soccer. It's a wow. s- it's a silly game to pull out, but man, that just personified the '64. Beautiful game. Um, it just it, it was. It's fluid, and yeah, it's just a top soccer game. And uh, that for me screams '64. Excellent. Oh, and for me, this 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 was not really hard because I always have this this one favorite game, which is uh, Jeff Minter's Matrix, aka Attack of the Mutant Camels, aka Grid, Run- Grid Runner Two, depending on which country you're in and which uh, version of the box you've got. Uh, that game, it, it, it's a it's a simple um, Jeff Minter style game. The graphics aren't particularly swish or amazing. But for me, that game just... I've played that game so much over the years and I still played it. I, I, I fired it up during C64 month and I took a photo of it because I got. I think I broke my high score. Um, and and it's just such a special classic game um, for, for the C64 and really, really iconic for me. And the other one, which isn't, uh, it, which isn't solely for the C64, uh, has to be Elite, though. Um, because just, uh, I... I didn't see Elite on any other systems except the C64 when I was growing up, and it it was and, and is still an amazing experience. That whole universe uh, crammed in there, and and the the times I spent playing that and playing with friends, uh, yeah, it's just um, really indescribable. Uh, Matrix, Matrix is a masterpiece. Easily my favourite of that trilogy yeah. as well. Hmm. Very cool. So, I mean, I'll, I'll keep it simple. Commando was certainly for me was was the, the pinnacle because it was one of my first arcade games on there. But the, the soundtrack still sticks with me to this day. So whenever I hear it, it's just yeah, it, it absolutely defined like me growing up and still to this day. I've got to say, Whizball. Um, I don't consider it my absolute favorite game, but 
it's one of those ones that just shows off all the capabilities brilliantly. You know, it's fast. It's got lots of sprites thrown around. It doesn't glitch or slow down. It's got amazing Martin Galway music. It's sensible. We're at their creative best on the 64 with it. And it's just one of those games that, you know, when you look at all the conversions, they all suffer on every other machine. Even a machine that should have handled the game like no problem, like the Amiga. Terrible version. Swizzball is at its best on its home on the 64. Very true. Wiz- Wizball, I think, if you're thinking of iconic C64 game, and Wizball isn't my favourite game, but yeah, it just it does it captures all those elements of the C64 beautifully. Here, here. Let's quick look through the Facebook wall now. So, um, what we've got? So, Graham W. Wobke commits to say it's hard enough limiting the ten games, let alone one. Yeah, games like Impossible Mission, Into the Eagle's Nest, Load Runner, Boulder Dash—they're all the games he returns to play today. But, okay, he picks Load Runner because it was one of the first games he ever played on the system, along with Avenger, the Space Invader clone. Oh, um, Avenger's really good. I don't think I remember it. But it's, probably um, didn't play it. Commodore's one. Actually, if you ever see the, the, the version that got released for the Ultimax, it's actually a better version. It's a lot more closer to Space Invaders proportion-wise. Um, okay. Yeah, the one that we got in the West is good, but it's not quite as good. It's, it's weird like that. <laughs> mm. So, um, oh, so Paul Stewart, Lazy Jones. And i got to say, I, I agree wholeheartedly here. It is a very cool and one of those uh, underrated titles that doesn't come up that often. Yeah, it's a good game. Yep. Uh, so, uh, Daz comes and says that Mayhem in Monsterland, and we miss you, Daz. Um, so, he said that game pushed the system to the limits. One game that made the... The CPC users eat their words when they say that the Commodore is just browns and yellows. Although, for nostalgia-wise, he just definitely says Myth by System 3 had way too much fun with it. So Mark Kasser certainly comes to say that it's impossible to nail to just one game. The Last Ninja series, Part 2 in particular, Barbarian, Micropro Soccer, with its amazing slide tackles in the wet, Test Drive 2, Bomb Jack, and Bubble Bobble, all games that take me back to that time in my life and instantly put a smile on my face. Ross Clifton, what comes to mind first is Whizball and the magical guitar rift. The sheer breadth of the game covering every genre makes it impossible to pick a single game. So TLDR, what defines the C64 for me was having a mountain of great games and me diving through them like Scrooge McDuck in his money pit. (laughs) (laughs) That's excellent. That is perfect. Um, Taz Huxley, leaderboard. Many drunken nights with friends playing that game, but others said impossible to define the beauty of the C64 in a single game. Uh, Scott Columbine, Defender of the Crown. Stacy Borg, totally unfair question. How can anyone define the infinite beauty of the C64 with a single game? Is it the pure joy and frustration of attempting to complete an impossible mission, or the waggling gymnastics required to post a series of world records in summer games? Or is it the repeated futile attempts to escape Europe in Off We Descend Monty? Screw it. I'm just going to go with Questron. Oh. He's so, <laughs> he's so clever. He's so clever. The good clever, doctor's he? done well. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, and Frank Skilton. That's a really unfair question. So many different things made the C64 what it is. Impossible to sum that up in just one game. It was affordable. You could program your own software with it. It is truly unique and awesome sound hardware. Copying games and swapping them with friends at school. The demo scene. The list goes on and on. 
To better attempt to answer the question though, International Karate has always been a standout game for me. I still play it to this day and enjoy it every bit as much as I did as an eight-year-old on a tiny portable TV with the lights out whilst my parents thought I was sleeping. Hmm. Worth mentioning, The Last Ninja Series, Barbarian, Nexus, Ghostbusters, Bubble Bobble, Tiana Sisters, we'll stop here but could definitely go on forever. <laughs> and so true. Yeah. And lastly, on Facebook, David Blazer, Action Biker. The game kept me glued to the C64 for days, if not weeks. Looking back, I have no idea why, but it did. It's street rod, cars, cars, and more cars. Being a kid not being able to drive, it opened up a world of cars to him, and the fact that you can win them off other people, which never actually happened in my later life. Pirates, Pool of Radiance, slash Curse of the Azura Bonds, which is, I think, two of Ant's very favorite games. Yes. Bard's Tale 1 and 3. Screw number 2, he says. Ooh. Ooh. Controversy. Very much so. Um, Hounded, which I don't think I know that one. It's a racing, a dog racing dog simulator. Racing. Yep. And lastly, he's rounded out with Stroker for all the wrong reasons. The parties you choose to forget. There's always one, isn't there? There he is. Oh, and that's it for Facebook. Alex. Yeah, Twitter, man, Twitter. Um, I'm actually quite impressed with um, the output on Facebook, so... Uh, thank you very much yeah. to, to all. Yeah, that was good. On uh, Twitter land, um, Mike Bow says, because no other 8-bit system could match it, Sid Music Perfection, Superior Graphics and Artistic Achievement, The Last Ninja. Uh, ben MS says, Impossible Mission, having a time limit as opposed to lives was a great mechanic. Here, here, definitely. Matthew Sparby says, uh, or Cloud Scout says, Gorf because it was my first Commodore 64 game and it was the most arcade-accurate version available for home systems at the time. Our good mate uh, Cam Davis Gazunta, guess what he picked? Whizball. <laughs> no, <laughs> Whizball, Whizball. Oh, man, I thought everyone was going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, independently created, full of creative energy and packed with fun. Absolutely. Uh, Diego Barros says, for me, it has to be impossible mission. Extent of the jam. This is hard. Absolutely. Possibly Commander because of its SID soundtrack and fast action. Paradroid for its multi-scroll and originality. Our good mate uh, Eric Nelson, the project, says Ultima 4. The realisation that games could be deep and rich on a computer versus arcade-style games found on consoles. Yeah. Nice. Nice, very mm. nice. Um, Christopher. Um, Armalite. Always springs to mind when gaming... Uh, uh, sorry, when naming all-time favourite games. Solid code plus gameplay, epic sound design, and huge bosses. Great shooter, my bet. Absolutely. Um, uh, Anthony Briggs says, Whizball, Gunship, and Racing Car Construction Set. Spent so much time playing those in my early teens. Howard Nibs, Arcadia by Imagine, um, as as it was my first game, even though it was quite shabby. <laughs> oh, I love <laughs> that. I love that. Um, sorry, Kay uh, says, I, I, I need to say Breakdance. What? Breakdance? What? what? Man, so rock, dude. What's happening? Um, Philip Back says, Paradroid Delta IK Plus. Yeah. Hawkeye and Whizball. We've had a lot of Whizball, actually. That's good. Yeah. Um, too many to list, absolutely. Um, J. Alexander J. Cox. Ultima 3. Amazing music, good icon, graphics, and a wide-open game world. 
Kev the Gamer 82 uh, says Dizzy or Cauldron 2. Can't decide. Well, you don't have to. <laughs> uh, <laughs> our good mate uh, Aaron White uh, says I'll probably have to say Platoon. First time I heard the title screen music, I was blown away. Yeah, I think I was too, actually. And uh, mm. last but not least, Mike, Mike88B, says Blue Max. And uh, with that, I'll just double-check if there was anyone else. Um, uh, no, that was that was it. Yeah. Wow. And I've actually got to say, uh, thanks to Matt O'Donnell over on Facebook for suggesting this. Actually, it was he uh, community proposed question for this month. So thanks, Matt. This is a good, good question. Great question. Absolutely. All right. And... And guys, while we could probably sit here for another couple of hours waxing lyrical, it is... I'm on my second glass of wine. <laughs> uh, my fridge is too far away. Um, <laughs> Same. But that is, that is, as they say, a wrap. No! So, oh, uh, alas. that went far too quickly. That was a lot of fun. Thank you, gentlemen. It, uh, it was thank great. Thank you for joining us. It did go way too fast. It did, it did. Mm. It's uh, time flies when you're having fun, so um, thank you very much, Mr. Steeler, and thank you very much, Mr. Caparito, for joining in on C64 Month Frivolities. Our pleasure as always. Thank you for having us. Same. Yeah. Glad, and, um, glad you invited me on. Absolutely, absolutely loved it. Yeah. Ah, and just we like, love having you. And just like AC says, man, I reckon um, we could spend at least another few hours, man. I reckon we just got the tip of the iceberg then, but... Um, uh, absolutely. It's always fun. Always fun. And good job, Aaron. Great job hosting. Yep. Here, here. Cheers, guys. We do miss Daz. Yeah. We do miss Daz, you know, but, uh, but AC is an absolute natural. <laughs> I <laughs> agree. You're too kind, boys. You're all too kind. <laughs> but, um, all right, guys. Any, any shout-outs from the two of Ant, Rob? I'll let you go first, Ant. Oh, I'm going to shout-out to the Reset crew on, on uh, the Reset Mag. Uh, great fantastic bunch and and very much looking forward to the next issue reset 10 coming out it's going to be very exciting yeah rob um i'd also shout the reset crew um i don't know outside of the crew i think pretty much just there's far too many people i get to talk with a lot on the channel um so i'll, I'll shout all all the active subscribers who and you know who who like and comment and, and actually chat good stuff on the vids very nice. Very, very nice. Alex? Um, so? Uh, yeah, I just, I just want to say um, hello, Daz, and we miss you. And, um, yeah, man, we did it without you. My God, I can't believe it. <laughs> no, I'm <You> just... Did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know, I know, I know who I will laugh with that. Um, there's nothing untoward in regard to that remark, but, yeah, no. I do. We, <laughs> we do love miss. you, Daz. We do, we do, we do. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, I will thank you all once again for coming along. And as always, those listening, you know, if you're listening on iTunes, feel free to give us a review because it always helps us along. Um, you can always find us on Facebook at Press Play on Tape, on Twitter at, at PPOT underscore podcast, and all as always as well on Retro Domination or Oz Retro Gamer. So with that, gentlemen, thank you and hope you have a fantastic night. Woohoo. Bye. You too. Thanks a lot. Bye. Absolutely. Absolutely. Catch you next time. Cheers.